Welcome to the official Autodesk Inventor podcast. My name is Garen Gardner. I'm an Inventor Product Manager, and this is episode number 32. So this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the power behind work features. This is one of those areas that as you start learning Inventor, you find more and more areas where you want to create work geometry, possibly for constraining, possibly for creation purposes. But there are a couple of tips and tricks that may help you out along the way. Um, one of these tips and tricks came from a user group meeting I was attending last week in, uh, in Seattle. And early that came up to me and said, you know, I've got this data set, I'm having a difficult time. Anyway, you can help me out with it. And it seemed like this was one of those great areas that many of you would probably benefit from. So first off, thanks Bob for the great tip and uh, the opportunity to be able to share this with everybody. Uh, basically what he was trying to do, he had a conveyor system that he wanted to be able to have it go turn in 180 degree fashion and as the rollers were rotating around they would also incline or, or step up on each one. So it was a little difficult to create the geometry in the right location and what made it a little more difficult is it had a sheet metal component that held everything together so to be able to put those conveyor uh, each, of the, each of the rollers in the sheet metal component was a little difficult and uh, finding a way to actually get the work geometry to constrain to so that really set up what we were going to do today. So there are a number of things that we'll do. Let's jump into this particular design. You can see that we have the, the roller set up here and you can see that we have a bunch of holes on the inside. In fact, let's take a look at the left view of this and you'll notice that it inclines on both the outside and the inside of these rollers. So let's take a look at a couple of different things we can do with work features. We'll step back and, and just some simple creation of work features. We'll primarily be talking about work points, but I'm going to come in and, and open up this part in its own window. Let's create a couple of points here. The first thing that as you, as you create work geometry, you'll notice that you have a couple of options for something like a work point. You can do a work point or a grounded work point. And a grounded work point allows you to, based on a coordinate system, pick a vertex and then give it an X and a Y and a Z location. That's good if you, if you have a world coordinate system you want to build everything off of. But typically we want it to be associative to our 3D model. So this is where we can come into the regular work point tool. And I can pick a vertex or you know, it may be that I have this hole and I want to put a work point on that hole. One of the things that you can do, and this is a great little tip, many people create an axis first and then put a point on it. And in your browser it starts building up with all of these extra pieces of, of work geometry that you may not really care to see. So we can, we can create nested work geometry by, once I enter, if I want to create a work point, I start the work point, but then I can right click and tell it that I want to start off by creating an axis. I can select the axis, play, or where I want the axis to be placed, we'll say the center of that hole, and then I can right click and let's say I want to offset it from a face. So I can tell it let's offset it from a plane, click and drag out, and we'll say something like half of an inch. So there in just a couple of clicks I've created a work point that was offset from a face and centered to a hole. Now if I come over to the browser and take a look at this, you'll notice that I have this new work point and I still have all the underlying geometry. So basically the work point consumed the work plane and the work axis all together in one feature. 
So now it just minimizes it. And if I want to change that offset value, I can simply come in, edit it, and I can I can make the design change to it. Now, typically, you know, I'll just double click on it. You'll notice that it gives me the edit. We can do 0.25, update it, and away I go. So it's now a little bit closer. So that's just some easy, simple creation of the work geometry. But let's talk about areas where it may get a little bit more complex. So we'll delete that one. You'll notice in here that we've got a sheet metal component and basically when it started out it was a flat, it started out in a flat plate that was bent up. So Bob created the, the outer profile and then wanted to, to fold it 180 degrees so he basically put a bend on it in the sheet metal and we can see what it looks like. The challenge that that causes is now each of these holes aren't really a circular hole. It's stretching the outside, compressing the inside so it doesn't really know where that center point is. So if I come in with a hole, you'll notice that it won't let me pick that center. You'll notice if I come over to this one, I, can, I could pick the axis before, so I could right click, go to axis, and actually select that. But when I come over here, there's no way for me to really grab that axis. It's not, it's not picking it. It allows me to see the hole and I can select the surface, but that's about it. It doesn't let me do anything more from that. It should allow me to, at that point, select this outer surface and it would put a point at the intersection of the face and the axis. Since I can't do that, there's a little trick to this that I can simply right click, tell it to do a loop select, and also quite often I'll repeat the command. This may be something that I have to do a hundred times or twenty times. I don't want to have to keep hitting enter to go into the work feature. So you can repeat the command. And then I can also do a loop select. So what this loop select allows me to do is now you'll notice that it's allowing me to pick that outer edge of the hole and it's basically finding the center of that. It's a spline and it's picking the center of that spline or the center of gravity for that particular uh, spline. So here we can see that it's got the very center of it and now I can, uh, I can do whatever I want with it. So in this particular case we have on both sides, we have in the assembly we would have a part on the outside that's the sheet metal that, that one side of the roller connects to and then we have the inner sheet metal component where the other side connects to. So I'm going to go back to our assembly for a moment and I want to be able to bring over that information so I can have it all in my part file. So let's go into our copy geometry. You'll notice that I come if I come over to been so used to uh, working with some other tools that have to think about where this is. First off, let's close out of the part file we're working on here, and I'm just going to edit that in its own window. When I do that, you'll notice that one of the options I have is copy object, and this will allow me to copy a surface of another part. And I believe we covered this in a different podcast when we were doing the skeleton model layout. But what we want to do is copy just a surface. We have the option of doing a body or a face. We want just the face. And then I also have the option to create a composite surface or an actual surface. The composite surface is lighter weight. It's good for jigs and fixtures, constraining to. But actually creating things like work points, work planes off of, you probably want to use an actual surface. So we're going to use the surface. And let's just spin this around a little bit, grab the interface. And more than likely, I want it to be associative. So if there's any design changes later on, it's automatically going to associate and update for me. 
So we'll keep that on and I'll hit OK. For performance reasons, I may not want that associativity on all the time. So once I have, once I have the link for the associativity, I can actually come in and turn it off temporarily. So with this, I may want to, let's just return up a minute. And we're going to specify with this particular part file that we're going to turn that adaptivity off. So we'll give it just a second to update. You can see part of the adaptivity does take a little bit more compute time. So by right-clicking, we turn the adaptivity off. I can turn it on at any time. So if I make a design change, I can turn the adaptivity on for a second, let it update, turn it back off, and it's going to be a little bit more performant for me. But let's come back into the part file. We can see that we have in my browser, I've got that surface in here. And I want to be able to create a new, much the same thing that we did a second ago. We'll create a point. I'm going to tell it loop select, and we're going to grab one of these loops. So now I have a work point on each of the sides here. So this gives me enough information now that I can bring one of these rollers in and constrain it in place. So let's just go out, grab the roller, and put it over here. So now with that, we can easily enough, we can come in with our constraints and say, let's do perhaps we'll uh, constrain a, a point right there. And then we can also come over and constrain the axis of that to the work point that we created on the other side. You'll notice that there's a little bit of an interference there. So we can always come in and figure out exactly how, how much of an offset we want to be here. So we could do something like 0.375. Looks like the wrong constraint. Let's go back to zero and let's grab just that point. Anyhow, that's, that's something that uh, depending on how we constrain it, we can actually shift it along that axis if we want. But in this particular case, we want to be able to automate this a little bit. So what we're going to do, let's delete that for a moment. And I'm going to go back into the part that we created. And I can build in some other constraints. So each part, similar to assembly level constraints, in a part you can add, you can add the intelligence so that those constraints reside at a part level, not at the assembly level. Now this really only will benefit if this is a component you use quite a bit. So, you know, the constraints that you saw me go in a second ago and create, if I'm only using this design once, it's probably faster for me to go in, put the work geometry on each of the holes, constrain it in the right location, and be done with it. However, if this is a component that I'm going to use quite a bit, and I'm going to want to insert different types of rollers, or configure it a little bit differently, then I may want to take the time and set it up with what we call iMates. So to create an iMate, if I go into that individual component, You'll notice in my regular browser, I can come in and create an iMate. And that will allow me to specify that, first off, we're going to grab, let me, uh, let me quickly put a work axis, work axis between each of these components. There we go. And what I'm going to do is create an a, uh, iMate, one of which is going to be on the axis. And the other one is going to be on that work point. So we basically have what would be two constraints. And I can see each of these in my browser. If I go to iMates, we'll see that I have iMate 25 and 26. And I can just grab those. And I can tell it that we want to create a composite. 
So now we've created a composite there and we want to be able to use that a little bit later uh, when we're placing a bunch of these components. So let's, let's return up. So let's just recap before we start. We insert a number of those. We brought in the assembly. We took a look at just the individual part. We used the loop command when we're placing a work point to be able to select that outer circle. Now if you're not bending this, then you should be able to just grab any circle. But if it's not a circle, if it's more like a slot, or if, uh, if you're bending it and it's a circle that's kind of getting stretched, use the, the loop select tool for the, the hole, or the work point. And then from there it puts a work point, we can add a couple of work points, and then we can constrain that roller as we would choose in, uh, in that particular area. Now through automating it we can put the eye mates on the axis and that point. So now what I do when I come into placing one of these components, I can select the component. In fact, let's place this one more time and I'm going to open it up so we can look at it before we actually place it. You'll find that we've done much the same thing. If I go into iMates, I have a composite iMate. The composite iMate is made up of, I created a, a work plane and put a, a point at the intersection of this work plane and the work axis and then I also put a, a um, constraint at the, on the axis. So then I created a composite of this and once I've done that, if I want to place this, I can just tell it that we're going to bring a new one in. And by right-clicking, I can tell it to use an iMate, and it'll automatically snap to any of these composite constraints. So I created composite constraints halfway around this. So you'll notice that I can come in and tell it, let's place uh, to the next, well, first off, I can say, let's look at the next possible solution. So if I had multiple solutions that this could step on around and create these constraints, I could, I could do that and I can see which ones it would constrain to. I can also tell it to generate remaining iMate results. So that's going to place that one with both the constraints. So if I cancel out, you'll notice that this is constrained perfectly in the right location. So let's delete that for a minute. We'll place, uh, we'll come back in. So before I hit generate remaining I, iMate results, I've done next and previous but there's a really cool one that I can tell it to place at all matching iMates. So that's going to come in and it creates an extra one which I don't necessarily want. We'll delete it, but you'll notice that it places all of these at the right location. They're all constrained appropriately and the way I go. So this is a really nice way if you're going to do a lot of automation, you want to be able to, to set this up one time and be able to reuse it many times. The iMates are great. So we've covered a little bit of the eye features or the, the creating the work point with the nested. You're able to pick a work axis and a work plane and nest them under a point. And then the loop tool and then being able to create the eye mates and automating. So handful of nice tools when, when placing work geometry. The nesting works on any of the features, whether it be a work plane, work axis, or work point. And the eye mates will, will tie into any of those as well as model geometry. So with that, hopefully you enjoyed episode 32, and again, thanks to Bob for that great tip. He was very helpful in allowing us to, to share it with you guys. And let me know if you have any other tips you'd like to see, if there are any questions you have, and we'll see if we can get them in a podcast. So with that, over and out.
you, Ted. <sighs> Sorry. <sighs> Couldn't find parking. <sighs> so, today's the big day. It certainly is. Today's the day Ted and my designs are being released to manufacturing, so we decided to throw a little party and celebrate. Especially since mine's a couple of months ahead of schedule. And mine is only a couple of months late, so... Right. Hey, uh, I thought you were going to bring your prototype so I could see what it is you've been working on. Oh, sure. Here you go. <laughs> what, it's in there? Here. Let me show you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <coughs> wow. Uh, hmm. Look at the time. Uh, gotta get going, so... Wait. I thought you were going to show me what you've been working on. Uh, I didn't bring it. But what's in the box? All right. Well, okay. Uh, we are pretty proud of how this baby turned out. Wow. It's... What is it again? Uh, it's an industrial ice cream scoop. Wow. It certainly is industrial. Well, we uh, had some concerns about the initial design being too fragile, so we beefed up the material to make certain it wouldn't break if dropped. You know, Ted, with Autodesk Inventor, you can run stress analysis tests to make sure that your design is strong enough without needing to overbuild it. Plus, you're not wasting materials. Yes, but this baby really scoops. Check this out. You okay? I could pull the muscle.